hey, I know that you're digging this content. I really appreciate you being here. I want to let you know that we are offering more live events for Clinic Gym Hybrid. So you'll see us post about Clinic Gym Hybrid Live. You can head over to our website at clinicgymhybrid.com and look for the live events. But basically, our live events are two days all about the systems and processes that we have seen successful clinic gyms build and run in their practices. We get tons of feedback about how amazing it was and how it helped people systematize their practice and systematize their rehab and systematize their business model. And that's what we would love to do. Cool thing is, in most states, these are approved for 12 credit hours for continuing education for chiropractors. We also are working to get credits for personal trainers. Go to clinicgymhybrid.com and check out the live event page to see where our next live event is. We'd love to have you there. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, Dr. Josh Satterley. You're going to jump into this interview with me where we're covering the aspects of how to successfully run and build and grow your clinic gym hybrid. Why? It's the best care in musculoskeletal health that is offered. Exercise is the word that pops up in the research more than others. And here's what I believe. I believe that sweat glands are painkillers. I believe that helping people find the edges of their abilities will help them lead a better life. Through this, we want to help 10,000 offices grow into a clinic gym hybrid over the next 10 years. So if you're one of those offices or one of those providers, then jump into this interview with me. Let's roll. And I am pleased today to be joined by Sam Carlson. Sam, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, Sam and I were recently cross paths at a uh, conference down in beautiful Dallas, Texas. And Sam, you and I got into a conversation about some points about advertising and whatnot that I thought... I wanted to write them down in a manual and hand it to everybody graduating chiropractic college and everybody graduating physical therapy school and going, listen, if you decide to advertise, just follow this recipe or don't do anything, but please don't do the middle ground because it's going to be a bunch of money out and no progress in. So not that I'm building you up too much, but Sam, give everybody an idea of what you do every day, all day long. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So um, I've been helping uh, Kairos and uh, integrated clinics for about almost eight years now. Um, So that's what I do on a daily basis. My agency services over 100 clinics. And, um, you know, again, we, we niche down, we focus on providing new patient marketing for chronic conditions. So chiropractic, we do a lot with spinal decompression. We're big with that. Uh, we do a lot of non-surgical stuff, not necessarily like the regenerative space. Like we're not promoting a lot of uh, stem cell stuff, but we do a lot of, you know, modalities, shockwave, knee decompression, laser, those kind of things. So we're really, um, you know, really, I, I personally am kind of like a freak when it comes to those kind of things. I really am. I geek out on them. I love them. And so, yeah, that's what we do. We provide a, a new patient marketing platform. And I think the one thing that makes that completely new and different is that it's automated. Now, a lot of people use this word automated, right? Where they're like, hey, yeah, marketing's automated. Set it and forget it. You never have to take any physical action with it, right? There you go. There you go. No. Yeah, that's right. Well, m- meaning we we developed and built a platform that allows our end user, our doctor, our customer, our client to never have to hire an agency again. They can run their own ads in three clicks. So that's the big thing. And because of that, because we automated that, we go really deep on what offers work the best. How do you convert those leads into appointments and so on and so forth. So yeah, I, I, I just I, I want to I just want to yeah. jump in here. 
When I met Sam, I thought he was another guy that I'm sure that everybody listening has had the promise of, oh, I can do this. I can bring 100 people to your office or 300 or whatever. And then talking about the knee decompression and spinal blah, 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 and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, yet another person. And then Sam started talking about why those things are important and why he gravitates towards those. It's not because he's making a rip off the, the de- decompression machines. You, you, could, you are agnostic to whatever the tool is. Right. But the recipe that I want to talk about in this episode, I think was, I was like, oh my God, you have the secrets. You, you see the, the matrix essentially of what it takes to get somebody from Facebook or YouTube or TikTok or whatever to standing in my office getting an exam, yeah. right? And, and a lot of people are like, oh, I can get you response on Facebook. That's nice. But those people aren't standing in my office getting an exam. Right. And that's what the hurdle is, is I got to get them standing in my office. And then you even talk to me about like, that first visit is not the goal. The goal is multiple visits and a long-term plan, right. long-term membership, long-term something that really actually builds a business instead of just like, hey, I put, I got 300 responses, like you owe me money. And it's like, dude, that doesn't serve anybody. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's funny. Um, I, I think a lot of people, like I, I don't necessarily like, automatically just know some of these things. When you do it for long enough, you get lucky a bunch of times, right? That's kind of how it works out. And I got lucky in 2018 when I had a published case study by, by Facebook. Now, I'm the only agency that ever had a published case study. Here's how I got lucky. Well, two things. One, our marketing was good, but we kind of got lucky because we got chosen by their business department. They said, hey, we like the way you guys do it. We want to publish yours based on what we're seeing. Cool. When they did that, we were running for this case study, we were running a chiropractic campaign, an acupuncture campaign, and then a spinal decompression. Those were the three primary services that this clinic was doing. And they liked this one too, because it was a, it was a, a brand new clinic. So from zero, we went from zero to like an average of like a hundred visits per week, in like two months or something like that. And so they really liked that story. Anyway, long story short, the big takeaway for me, where I got lucky and kind of where I started, I said, this is my foundation. This is where I'm going to build from here and never break these rules again, was they showed me the three campaigns and they said, okay, you've got a chiropractic campaign, you've got an acupuncture campaign, and you've got a spinal decompression campaign. Which one of those do you think made, made the most money? Now, as an advertiser, I never had that information. I never had it because I didn't have what's what they call attribution data. So like credit card swipes, Facebook knows, you know, oh, they saw an ad, then they swipe the credit card. So Facebook knows that. And they showed me how much more money was made on the spinal decompression ads than the other two to where I said, I need to do two things. Number one, I need to like pick apart what worked about that spinal decompression offer. And I need to do that again and again and again and again, which is what I did. And then number two, I need to take my other more uh, generic because my, my car, I don't know how to sell chiropractic in a way where people don't already know what chiropractic is. The only, the only thing you can do is discount the cost. So I need to say whatever I can do to decommoditize or specialize those types of ads, we need to move in that direction too. Okay. so. That happened in 2018. And since then, I've built a library of ads that fall under this formula. I call it the qualified lead formula. 
Okay. Cause really it's all about saying like asking very qualified questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I just, I just want to make sure. So sometimes we might get into places where I'm like, eh, I want to translate kind of sure. like what yeah. advertising language is to like chiropractic. Cause yeah, not every, there are a lot of great marketers listening here. Like people that have built their businesses and everything. Some people don't know what that qualified term means or how much weight that carries in your world. So real quick, can you tell people about qualified leads and let's move it out of, let's move it out of chiropractic so that people would understand. Let's say um, I'm buying uh, a car, right? Sure. And and let's use that as an example, just so people can kind of understand something they might've done already. How long are these podcasts normally? (laughs) We can go about uh, up to an hour. Okay. All right. Because yeah. I really want to share a story about how I actually learned this. Okay. Because I feel like it will really resonate. Um, do it, baby. I love your and car example, but... We can uh, we can go part one right now and part two uh, next time, but... Cool. So when I was uh, 20, uh, 25, I had a bunch of friends. I was, I was newly married. Maybe I was 24. 24. I was newly married. I had a... Um, you know, my wife was pregnant and we were, you know, I was working at this crappy nine to five job and my friends were like, Hey man, go get your mortgage originator license and we'll send you a ton of deals. You'll make a bunch of money. This is 2003, four era. So I'm like, awesome. I'm going to go do that. So I go in, do all the work, learn everything, hustle, 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 go to my friends. I'm like, man, send me some leads. Let's go. Crickets. Right. And there were so many people that had made big, bold promises to me that by the time I got there, I felt for a moment entirely hosed. I was like, what did I do? I made a big mistake here. So I go in one day and I asked my branch manager at the mortgage uh, branch, I said, well, what should I do? I need to get clients. She goes, just go to real estate agents' offices and ask them for business, take them out to lunch. I'm like, dude, I don't have any money to take people to lunch. And I'm a kid, I'm 23, 24 years old. Nobody's going to want to do business with me. But anyway, I went and did it. And I'm sitting there. I remember this to this day. I'm sitting in the front lobby of Century 21. I'm sitting here thinking, this is so awkward. Nobody wants to talk to me. What am I going to do? And so what do I do? I like reach over and there's these magazines, Homes and Land. Do, you have, do they have those where you live, Homes and Land magazine? Uh, no, but I, I've been on vacation enough to know what it yeah. is. Like when you go to like, you know, rural states or Montana, Idaho, whatever, like homes and land, acres yeah. and ranches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I'm looking through the pictures and the first real estate agent is this really pretty lady and she's listing these million dollar homes. I'm like, oh, it would be so, so cool if she would send me her customers, but she won't. Why would she? And then the next picture, the next picture, the next picture. And I'm thinking there's nobody that will send me these stinking, like who would want to send these to me? And then I flip the page and I'll never forget this. I flip the page. And I open it to a page where uh, the real estate agent, her name is Christina McNeil. She speaks Spanish and she works with first-time homebuyers. And a lot of her listings even have Spanish subtext. And I remember thinking to myself, well, number one, I speak Spanish. Number two, first-time homebuyers, that's my age. They probably would like be easier to talk to. Yeah. Number number three, most People that are established loan originators, which I was not, didn't like to do first-time homebuyers. There was more paperwork. There were more effort. And number three, there's not many that speak Spanish. And so I'm guessing this real estate agent is going to have to um, 
translate for them. Okay. So I just went, I think, I think I went four layers deep. First time home buyers, I speak Spanish. Uh, uh, first time home buyer products suck. And then she has to translate. That's four layers deep. Okay. And I called this person with zero sales training. I called this person and I said this, hello, Christina. My name is Sam Carlson. I see you work with first time home buyers who are Hispanic. I'm guessing you're having a hard time getting them approved for loans and probably get a lot of rejected people. Maybe even have some people who just are not getting the attention they deserve. If you need help, I specialize in first time home buyer loans. You don't have to translate for me because I speak Spanish as well. Boom. Five deals that day. That day. That, th- that day, the first day. Wow. And I never had to, I never had to do any selling ever again. Now, I fell backwards into that lesson, but the lesson is this. A lot of people think that the thing that they do is a niche or the thing that they do is special in some way, but really it's a category, right? So the category, like the top layer of chiropractic is known and commoditized by everyone. So what they know about you is that you're a chiropractor and they already have a story in their head about what that means to them. But the second you can go four layers deep, like I just did, then you can start saying things like, hey, do your hands and feet, do you wake up and you have numbness and tingling? All right. Are you, you know, having these, when you can start like deconstructing that person so much that you can get that granular, all of a sudden your ads and your offers start to become really easy, by the way. And people start like responding to you engaged question yeah when you just said that the top layer of chiropractic even if they're the best so who cares about if you're the best you're the only one who cares about you that you're the best sorry go ahead okay. so uh <clears throat> i think this is one point that we got to make i've talked to a bunch of chiropractors and i say like why do people come to you right and sam you've dealt with enough offices what do you think the number one answer i hear is because I'm the best. Yeah. <laughs> they all think like we're we're so good at what we do. This or if right. they're or if they're not good, we're the best ones at what we do. Why don't we get more people? Right. Right. Yeah. Or because exactly. I, I take care of people unlike the people down the street. And I think oh, like, exactly. Yes. Come on. Everybody wants to take care of everybody. Like we're inherently in healthcare, not because the money's incredible. It's because we care about people, right? Like so um is that also the fact that it's commoditized in the mind of the consumer, not in our mind, like I, I look at, you know, I can look at your degrees and what class you've gone to and go, oh, this guy, oh, well, he's missing this piece or he doesn't understand that. But in the mind of the consumer who doesn't know what the letters ART or SFMA or DNS or MPI has no reference point whatsoever that stuff means, that they've commoditized it. And the reason you see these discount, mega discount offers, $29 new patient, my my suspicion is, that we have to do something to, because they have a price that they're willing to pay. And if I say, yeah, I'll just do it for the regular price, you know, $150 new patient offer. They're like, what? No. Why would I pay that? Like, that's normal. That's blah, blah, blah. Or even that's more than I thought in my commoditized mind, right? And so you have to drop the price to just break that grip of the price in their mind to go, oh my gosh, that is a good deal. $29 is a good deal. Even though me as a chiropractor, I'm like, that's, a, that's stealing is giving it away, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I have that feeling, but is that why you run like some people, not you, I'm just saying why some advertisers run a significant discount? 
Uh, yeah, because when when you don't, your your public enemy number one of advertising is assumptions. Okay, interesting. Yeah, which that, means that's a great line. We should make a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which means well, and I'll give you an example. If I drive down the street right now, the the street out here is called Fairview, and there's several massage places that all, all they do is offer massage. I can tell you how much they cost right now. That one's 65, that one's 60, that one's 70. They're all about the same, right? Because they offer the same thing. So a tactic known is a tactic blown. As soon as you, as soon as I, like every place that I drive down this road, I can point out and tell you what their prices are. If I can do that, then the only move you have in advertising your business is promotions and discounts. That's it. That's all you have. That's why when you go to a mattress place, the only thing that they can do is act like they're going out of business every weekend. Blow out sale because they're not going to give you like, you're like, well, you sell mattresses. All right. Well, that's all you have. So the, 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 the point is, which inherently, if you were to take, if I were to take like a mattress business, not that I would, I would start focusing on like sleep science, right? Sleep mm -hmm. apnea. I would start focusing on like inflammation, chronic illness, like those kind of things. Like, hey, this is a sleep restoration company. I don't know. But yeah. the whole point is you can take things. And if, if we talk about those four layers I talked about, well, when I started, I was going to talk to all of those real estate agents, all of them. I was in a category. That's what your, that's what chiropractors who go out and offer like a, an adjustment, an exam and a report of fines for $21. That's what they are doing. Right. And I want to, I want to maybe add some color to what you were saying at the beginning of this whole little, uh, you know, of this thing where people talking about themselves, people don't buy when they, when they understand people buy when they feel understood. Okay. There's this awesome story in advertising. This is my number one favorite story in advertising because it's not an advertising story at all. And it's the story about this captain named John Ray. This is a real guy. This is a real story. And the story goes that back in the 30s and 40s, when he was a fishing captain up in the uh, like Northeast Atlantic, okay, he came from an area where some of the best fishing waters and the best fishing captains were from. In fact, the movie Jaws like, was inspired by a captain that was from that area. Okay. And if you would pull, if you would have asked, surveyed any one of the captains in that area, who is the grand poobah of all captains? Who is it? Who's the guy? They would all say Captain John Raid. Because John Raid would go out every single day as a commercial fisherman with hook and reel and catch his limit in fish, where everybody else would not catch a limit in fish with long lines and nets. Okay? Now, when he retired, he was interviewed by a local journalist. And she said, all right, John, you're, you're, you're retiring. What's the secret of your success? And he sat and he thought a second. He said, you know, when most fishermen go out to fish, they think like fishermen. When I go out to fish, I think like a fish. Okay. So when you are stuck in your own head about what it means to be a chiropractor, what I'm, why I'm so special, you're actually going directly upstream to what your purpose is in business. And as a physician, by the way, if you're trying to help people, you're not going to help them by shoving down their throat how good you are at what you do, right? You're going to help them a lot better 
by sitting there and saying, all right, Mr. Patient, thank you for coming in today. I want to start out by telling you what we're going to do here today. Lay it out. And I also want to tell you that I'm going to answer any question that you have. And I want to hear everything you have to say. And I care. So if at any point in time, I feel like I can't help you, I'm going to send you to the doctor who can. So why are you here today? Right? And then just listen to them. And again, don't educate them. Don't tell them stuff. Ask them stuff. Telling is selling, right? Questioning is advising, right? That's the nuance. I don't know if you know this because I, I'm, you may have stumbled upon it uh, at some point, but there was a study done of how long it takes if, if a patient comes in and I say, Sam, tell me what's going on with your knee or just tell me what's going on. What brings you in today? I just ask an open-ended question and just wait. How long do you think a patient will talk and tell me everything if I don't say anything? I never interrupt them. I never, I can give I re- never heard this. Re- yeah, I never so heard I this. Give, I would love to hear this. So if I, I can reassure you, like if you say, oh, my back hurts and this and that, I go, mm, 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 you know, or, or that sounds frustrating. But I never stop you. Right. Okay. How long do you think they'll go for? 10 minutes. Yeah, most people, doctors will assume it's something like 15 to 20, right? On average, people will get to two minutes and 34 seconds. Mm-hmm. They'll just run out of steam and they'll be like, yeah, that's pretty much it, you know? Now, same study. What do you think the average time it takes for the doctor to interrupt the patient is in a normal patient interaction with a doctor? So this is initial exam, (laughs) first visit. You've never been there. You never met the person. You start going. 10 seconds. Close. 17 seconds. Yeah. So it goes like this. Sam, what's going on with your low back? So just start telling me about your low back. Yeah, you know, I just, whenever I sit down, it hurts. And it Okay, when you said it hurts, is it sharp? Is it achy? (laughs) Uh, It's achy. Okay. Like, as soon as I do that, it stopped the flow, right? That's right. Yep. But that's what we do. Because we're so interested in the disease, they say, like, focus on the person, not the disease. So if you just wait two minutes and 34 seconds versus 17 second average. So it's been studied, and you're absolutely correct. Here's the other kicker. Guess what the patient satisfaction numbers are? Of the person that set the shuts their freaking mouth for two and a half minutes. Oh, I bet you they love them. They're through the roof. They're absolutely through the roof. And they say, he actually listened to me. He yeah. actually cares. She actually let me talk, you know? I would and, love uh, to see that study because yeah. I've never heard it before. I, I It makes 100% complete sense to me. Because, and it's not just doctors, by the way, everybody has this, this, this psychology. Okay. Everyone. I think it's the reason we like podcasts instead of radio, right? Cause this is long form. Let it breathe. I want to get your information out instead of, all right, we're back with Sam Carlson after these messages, blah, blah, we need right. to, right. you know, Hey, so Sam, what's your number one tip for chiropractors? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> all right. We'll be back. The time is a nine, nine, 14. It's, you know, 14 minutes past the hour. Like that's how right. we act. And I 100% agree with you. But going back to this point that we're kind of on this little um, jog here, I love what you're saying. And I love when we were down in Dallas, you mentioned that here's how I perceived our conversation the knee decompression machine is a placeholder 
in a relationship. It serves a purpose in a relationship. It can't be ignored. It can't, we can't kick it out of there, but it's a placeholder. And I kind of thought about it as when you're dating somebody, you want to get to know them. But what's the placeholder is like, let's grab dinner. Now, do you really care? Like, could you have eaten dinner alone? Absolutely. Do you need the caloric consumption? No. But it's a placeholder where we can come together on this agreed upon thing, right? Yeah. Let's let's eat together is the same to me as let's get this knee decompression device set up or let's use this neuropathy thing because we both agree it's our yeah. common ground. Yeah. Now, from there, you're going to fall in love with me. You're going to trust me. You're going to let me give opinion on other chiropractic-related stuff, and we'll have a long, fruitful relationship, right? Yeah. But on the other side, people are like, well, I people come to me because I'm the best, and I'm not going to run a crazy discount, and I'm not going to do X, Y, Z. Now I put up a barrier going, it's like, listen, I don't date women. I don't take them out to dinner or buy them drinks. Like right. either they, they sleep with me or not. And it's like, right. Or I had a might, bad day once. And so I'm not going to do, I'm not going to date again. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. the girl ran up a hundred, uh, $200 dinner. And it was like, okay, that that's not every time, but, right. uh, and I'm sure there are people who are successful at dating with that attitude, but it's very, very few. And I'm sure there are chiropractic offices that are full without ever having to do agreed upon common ground but why put up that barrier, right? Mm-hmm. And so if it's okay, I want to jump ahead to something. You, you said it, that, that meeting point, the, the compression, or I told you I like working with golfers, right? And we do a simulator and we, do, right. we measure them on a KVS, this piece of equipment. You said that can be your thing. That's yeah. the common ground, right? Mm-hmm. That's the curi- that stimulates the curiosity. It brings that patient in. So what I want people to know is Sam has all these recipes of successful practices, but it doesn't mean that if you don't have a knee con- decompression system that Sam's like, oh, you got to have one or it's done, right? You just look for what are the bright spots? Where did it work for people? Yeah. Um, I, I, so let me, let me just frame the two processes. So you're talking about marketing's role and then how you use the bridge of the device to bridge over into a conversation about conversion. And if I go back to that case study, what I really learned about that case study was three things. One, it was a specific condition. Okay. So uh, in that case, it was sciatica. Okay. Two, it involved an actual device, like an image of, I can't remember which one, uh, might've been just the Chattanooga table, right? And it was an image of somebody getting on a table. And then three was threshold pricing. Okay. I know how much you charge for like a, like a chiropractic visit because the price has been set. Somebody else said it. I didn't set it, right? 21 bucks. For these more specialized things, I can get into these different price ranges to where they're still affordable, okay? But they also don't cheapen what we're doing because we're dealing with a very niche audience. And so like the $47, $49 uh, range tend to work very well. So that's number one. Number two, the, you know, the, the word gimmick is known as a pejorative, right? When we use it in in English, but the Greek root of that word is, is magic. That's what it means in either. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Greek or Latin. One of those, which the whole idea is if you're walking down the street and somebody's doing a magic show, you're going to stop and watch. 
Okay, why? Well, curiosity, okay? It's different, okay? Now you have the attention. Well, the number one job of advertising is what? What is step number one? Step number one before you get to do anything else, attention. Is I, uh, so it's Ida, A-I-D-A, attention, interest, desire, action. I have to go through each one of those steps before they show up ever into your clinic. And then I have to repeat those things because guess what? By the time they've opted in, so let's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I do tend to go fast. So I put an ad out that offers knee decompression. That was your, that was your uh, example, okay? They're going to be interested because they've never seen that their status quo. So their commodity, the way that that problem is solved is surgery. So that's what they think at some point in time when this pain gets bad enough, I'm having surgery. They don't think anything else. They don't think physical therapy will work when you have that kind of knee pain. Like they don't think those, that those things work. However, when you show them a video image where, and you can't, people can't see the video, but I'm doing, I'm pulling, I've got my fists you know, simulating a knee joint and I'm pulling them apart. When they see that on a video, they're like, that, that makes sense to me. I've never seen that. I'm creating space in the joint. Exactly. That makes sense to, uh, sense to even a dumb person. Okay. Well, all of a sudden you have a different kind of interest. Okay. You've shown them something you've created, you've created curiosity, but the battle is not won. Okay. So they get into the practice. Now, Advertising job is to advance the sale, not to make it for you. Okay. So then you have to then go and find the person where they are at. And then you have to bring them to where they need to be in order to make an actual like decision. Now the word decision, you know what that word means in Greek or Latin? Can't remember which the root is. Uh, uh, means cut or eliminate, right? Cut off. It, it, it yeah. means there needs to be a bifurcation in what they would normal in their normal behavior. Boom, they're going to cut it. And they're going to choose to go another way. Okay. So if you can then use that gimmick to bridge the conversation, say, hey, you were interested in this thing. You know, if you can use that to bridge your conversation and then start advising them, not selling them, then you're going to be able to like build a pool of people who are interested every single month. Right. So there's nothing more frustrating. And I've dealt with a lot of, you know, people who invest heavily in their practices, whether it's in equipment, whether it's an expansion, whatever it is, they do this because they're excited about what it is that they're doing. But as soon as it's done and the money's out the door, they're like, Oh crap, I got to pay for this somehow. I was so excited about offering non-surgical knee solutions that I didn't stop to think that I needed some kind of strategy to get them in the door. I thought they were just going to come in, like fill the dreams. So let me... Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to clarify, because I think that a lot of us get into the situation, and I'm saying a lot of us, I'm assuming there are other chiropractors that have been in points like I've felt, where it's like, let's say I I buy the knee decompression thing, and let's say that I work with somebody like Sam and I'm successful. Let's just assume those two things happen. I spend... I'm just making up numbers here, $1,500 in advertising for the month of July. And we get so many knee decompression people to come in and they pay and I make $2,000 off that, right? Of these $50 things, enough to make $2,000. Uh-huh. $1,500, made $2,000. People assume that the deal is done. Like, hey, I did this knee com- decompression early sale and I, you know, I ran my ads, we're done. 
Yeah. And what it sounds like you're saying is that's the key that unlocks the door, but you still have to walk through the door and walk through, meaning that knee decompression is the start of conversation, but then we say, you know what else would help your knee? We need to actually work on your hip because your hip range of motion affects that knee pain. And uh, it wouldn't be, you know, people that uh, lose weight often see that their knees feel better. So we have this uh, exercise, diet, and supplement pl- package that helps you lose weight. And six months later, I'm saying we offer X, Y, and Z. A year later, we have them in our gym and they're working out with us, right? We have them in yoga classes. All of that tail end stuff is sounds like you're saying that's the goal. The goal is not the knee oh, yeah. decompression package. That the knee decompression package is just the start of the relationship. Yeah, every bit of some every business, most businesses have some kind of lead loss, right? Uh, when Walmart got huge, you want to know how Walmart got huge? Because Sam Walton took out uh, bank financing to put an ice cream machine in front of his store. Wow. Right? That was it. So all of these other yeah. grocery stores, they're all doing the exact same thing and they're mm-hmm. getting whatever, you know, and you want to know how he kept them coming is he made the eggs and the bread and the milk a lead loss as well. Cause he knew people will come back over and over and over again to lose money on just that thing. So you don't make money. Businesses don't generally make money when they acquire a customer or a patient. They make them when they retain them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's number one is you don't make your money on the front. You make your money on the back. And as long as you strategically know that beforehand, you'll make tons more money, tons more. You'll make so much money by focusing on back end revenue that you won't know what to do with yourself. Okay. So that's number one. Number two is when you, and, and I don't, I I don't know, I might be going against the grain here. I'm sure I will with some people. Uh, I have a little bit of an opinion on this, but when people come into your clinic and you said, all right, we go through the exam, we do all this kind of stuff. Here's your, here's where you're at. Mm-hmm. Come back next, whatever. There's a lot of people who have a hard time extending care plans. So they extend it per visit, whatever. Do you want to know what people hear when you say, hey, come back and they don't get a care plan recommendation? You want to, you want to know what they hear? I have to go here forever. Like there's no, there's no, there's no end of this race. When you give them a care plan and they understand it and they feel like you understand them, right? We talked about, they don't buy when they understand, they buy when Mm -hmm. they feel understood. Mm -hmm. You give them a finish line and they get to cross that finish line and then they get to win their previous life back. That's what you're doing. It does. Now, by the way, by the way, here's the beautiful thing about human nature. Okay. Is it's predictable. We know what happens. It does not mean that continuity of care or other recommendations like, you know, like if I, if I'm able to get out of pain, do I want to, you know, add to my lifestyle by the time I've established the habits? Yeah. Get me in for the gym. Like, let me, let me go into your gym program. You know what I mean? Whatever. Let me get into the golf strength and conditioning program. Cause now that I have my life back, I'm telling you, you will make so much more money by trying to Give away, like lose money on the front and then know how to make money on the back. That is how every successful business works. All right. Let me ask you this, Sam. I, I, uh, let's say I, I find a genie in a bottle, right? And they say, what's your, you get three wishes. And the first wish I go, I am somehow going to get Sam Carlson to be 
the marketing director of my brand new, never had a single patient in it clinic in the middle of the suburbs of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I mean, deep heart of America, right? Right? Okay. Now, what most people are thinking is, I got to open up a business, so I got to get an accountant and an attorney, and I got to go to these classes, and I got to make sure that I have the right table so I can adjust people, right? What would be your top three moves immediately starting with a practice with nobody in it to dominate an area? And let's say that I have uh, the other thing I wish for the genie. I say, I'm going to hold Sam's daughter. I'm going to kidnap his daughter, and if we don't get... A hundred patients a month in our first, you know, for every month of our first 12 months, she dies, right? So you're very motivated, right? It's I'm very, very motivated. Yeah, do, very do, I have, do I have any money? Did we talk about what kind of resources I have? Yes. Um, that's a good question. You have a total marketing budget of $1,500 a month. Okay. For the first six months and the second six months, you have $2,500 a month. Let's just say that. All right. So here's what I do. First thing I do is, uh, and I'm a chiropractor, right? Of course. You're the marketing director for a chiropractor. So I'm I'm a marketing director for a chiropractor. Okay. I'm the chiropractor. You know, you're the marketing director and uh, you don't care if I ever sleep or eat. So. Okay. So (laughs) the number one thing I do is I understand I'm going to be um, selling chiropractic, not advertising chiropractic. So that's number one. And so that means I have boots on the ground. And so every single day before lunchtime, I am going to local businesses and I am seeking to do either like lunch workshops with their people like those. That's I'm establishing my base of chiropractic clients with that. I'm selling. Okay. Number two is I'm advertising in some kind of specialized niche. Now, uh, since my chiropractor is so skilled at different things, I pick a cash-based niche, which is either uh, I do maybe neuropathy. Uh, I do some, it, do I have modalities in the clinic? Do I have like, yeah, I would say you have all the knowledge, all the knowledge you have right now about what works and what doesn't, you can pick any of them. All right. So, so I go out and I start doing, um, here's the other thing I do. I look at the demographics of Milwaukee. And I, and I look around because there's sometimes where between like this reality demographics, I'll say, I'm going to go after neuropathy or I'm going to go after uh, spinal decompression patients. If I'm going after spinal decompression patients, I do my $1,500. Okay. And then I just start hammering with $1,500 in Milwaukee. I'm probably going to get 75 leads a month from that. Okay. Okay. And in the first month, I will get probably 10 patients from that. If my doctor is worth his salt, he will be able to convert uh, a neuropathy case, no, a spinal decompression case at $4,500. Okay. So with that, I'm making $45,000. I've got a base of, I was able to average um, two patients for three uh, lunch workshops per week. So my chiropractic patients are worth $1,500 per. Uh, obviously, that's going to be over probably like a three-month time frame. Uh, so I'm getting, what am I? No, I'm, but I'm doing care plans. So I'm getting $1,500. So two, four, six, eight. So I got, I got 18 patients paid and I ride around 50, 60 grand. 
Okay, so that's 27,000 from the 18 patients you got at lunch workshops. And it's uh, the spinal decompression. You said you got 75, pa- or you got 75 leads. Mm-hmm. What's your and conversion rate there? 10 patients. Okay, cool. All right, so now it kicks into the second six months, right? And I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you have a higher marketing budget, but I'll just tell you a reality of this is you can no longer do the lunch workshops because you got so many damn patients and so many other things you're doing. The chiropractor, or maybe you can do them, but the chiropractor is like swamped. They're backed up on notes mm-hmm. and they're, you know, trying to do everything. So I'll tell you, you what know? I'll do. So every okay. day I sit down, every single morning, I sit down with my chiropractors or my CAs or everybody that works with patients. And we drill, we drill, we drill, we drill on how to ask for referrals every single day. All, I mean, I ask and, and I say, see, how many referrals did you ask for yesterday? None. Why not? I mean, re- so that's number one. I script that and I make sure that my, that that is being prompted and reminded every single day. Okay. And then number two, because I've done such a good job at building up my practice. I tell um, the doctor, I said, we now need a lead nurturing service and we need a branding service. So the lead nurturing service, their job is going to be, and by the way, I'm always marketing, I'm getting leads. I'm, their job is going to be to nurture, follow up with email, call, schedule, you know, all that stuff, my finding, my, my new patients. Okay. And then I'm going to sit down with the doctor twice a week. I'm going to say, doctor, we're going to shoot two demonstration videos per week. Only demonstration. The doctor will not talk to the camera. We will demonstrate treatment. We will demonstrate modalities. We will demonstrate things on a, on a patient that have to do with common problems that we deal with. And then I run ads at $2 a day per video I create up to a budget of $20 a day. And I do that for the next six months. And then I own the market after that. I will never get beat ever, ever. If I did that right there after my one year, I would have more recognition. I would have more reviews. I would have more patients than anybody ever in the history of Milwaukee. I love it. Let me just, I just want to throw a wrench talked, in it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not going to yeah. throw a wrench in it. <clears throat> you burn through a couple steps that I think are important for people to hear. Okay. Okay. Number one, let's just define this leads. Leads are people that, and help me define this, Sam. So for those who may not be familiar with this language, leads are people that have responded to an ad or said they're interested or blah, 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 blah but they are not a customer. There's a huge difference between leads and customers. So when you say you get 75 leads and 10 patients, Mm -hmm. can you define what that means for people? Just very simply. Yeah. So, uh, and so in the first month, you're, it's probably actually more accurate to say uh, seven to eight people in the first month. Mm -hmm. Um, Only because in your first 45 days, seven to eight patients. Yes. So in your first 45 days, the, the sales cycle is slow enough to where you're only going to convert about 10% of leads. So leads are people who have raised their, raised their hands and says and said, I have sciatica pain. I like your spinal decompression offer. My hand is raised. Here's my name, phone number, and email. All right. They're not in your office. They're just They're not in my name, office. Phone number and email. Okay. Nope. Of the, let me grab my calculator real quick and I'll give you the exact number. Of the 75 people, 75, I'm going to get 
Ten percent, seven. I'm going to get. Right? I'm going to get thirty-one people scheduled. What's the percentage there? The conversion. Forty-two percent. Forty-two percent scheduled. Okay. <clears throat> in my first month. In my first yep. month. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then. Sorry. Okay, and then I'm going to get half of them to show. So that's twenty-one. And then I'm going to close half of those people. Ish. So 11. Yeah. 10, 11. Cool. Yeah. Now I want to, I want to work forward real quick <laughs> because that's just the first 45 I want to go backwards. Days. So go ahead. Yeah. That's just the first 45 days. Most, most chiropractors, most practice, not just chiropractors, actually pretty much every local business. They all make the same mistake of thinking, well, I got 75 leads in my first month and I got uh, seven patients out of that. So 75, <laughs> 75 minus seven is 68. So that means 68 were crap. 68 were badly. 68 are not worth me ever talking to ever, 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 ever again. Right. Throw them away. Delete those contacts out of your database. Throw them away. I have real data on this, which because so patient stream has a second tier of service where I will do all of that for you. And it's a lead nurturing process where my team We'll call, qualify, and schedule those leads for you. And I had a, I think I told you this story. I had a, a clinic who like a couple months ago had their ad account shut down. So instead of getting 75 leads in a month, they were getting zero, right? Now that clinic would average between 50 to 70-ish um, appointments in a month. They got their ad account shut down. And I always ask people, and I, this might be a setup. I don't know if I asked you this. How many appointments do you think they got in the month where their ad account was shut down? Well, I mean, I would say as a rookie, before I learned and had talks with you, I would say, well, no leads equals no appointments. There's just your math equation just hits, you know, zero times anything is zero. So no there appointments. You go. There you go. So uh, 52 or 55, something like that. It was 50 something. Okay. You're telling me they had 52, 50 appointments. On a month where they ran zero ads. They literally exactly right. could not run ads. That's exactly right. Because all of those 68 peoples from the months previous, mm-hmm. they're, they're not dead. Well, maybe some of them are. I don't know. But they're like in a pool of people who have raised their hands and said, at some point in time, I told you about my back pain. And back pain, as I mean, everyone who listens to this is a chiropractor. It doesn't just miraculously go away. Right, especially acute stuff like sciatica pain, right? So, yeah, let me tell, I, all let I got to do is story. Yeah, two stories. Number one, I think the best analogy for this is a friend of mine said, "Have you ever had a fruit tree in your backyard, like an apple tree or orange tree or something? You go out there today. What? How many of the oranges will be ready? It's you like, just oh, planted three oranges. Yeah. yeah. Well, if I go tomorrow." Are there no more oranges on the tree? It's like, no, there's some that'll be ready tomorrow and next week and over a month period. They're all blooming at different rates. But what this does is you put a little label that says, this is Sam's freaking orange (laughs) on every one of those. Even if they're unripe, you're just saying, this is Sam's orange. Don't touch it because I got this orange. When it's finally ripe, I'm going to pick it, which might take a month or, you know, it's like every time you bake brownies, they don't always take 17 minutes, right? Sometimes they take 21. It's just how things go. So I think that's interesting. Second thing, to your point, I had a patient that came in. I said, you know, why'd you come in? And he started telling me about his knee pain. Now, this guy had 
he owned 68 gas stations across Las Vegas and Nevada. Okay. In every gas station, he had 14 uh, video poker machines. The guy was something like the, uh, with all the, all the gas stations, and everything, I can't remember. It was something crazy. Like the 52nd biggest gaming corporation in Nevada. Just so you think like, Oh, he's just a gas station. Owner. No, the dude had money, right? I'm trying to show like he had money. He is retiring, wants to travel the world. Right. And he's talking about this knee pain. And I asked him, what was the thing that finally drove you to come in? Cause he had talked to me in a business, like a, a chamber of commerce type event. And oh yeah, I got to come in for my knee. Never came in. A year later, finally comes in. I said, what was the thing that tri- that finally broke free? And he said, oh, my knee was hurting for a long time, but it was all right. But I went to a holiday party and my wife was sitting at one end of the couch. I sat in the middle of it and a friend of mine sat on the other side of the couch. So imagine the three cushions. He's in the dead center. And he said, they all got up to go get a drink and I went to get a refill of wine and my knee hurt so bad I couldn't get out of the couch. I couldn't physically stand up. And he's like, I was so embarrassed. So I ended up wiggling over to the edge to stand up, like using the arm to stand up. But that's when I decided to come in. And I was like, it's a perfect example. His knee has been aching for over a year. But that moment was like, hey, it's an issue. I need to fix it. You know, and it's, and, and had I not been nurturing that relationship, I saw him through the Chamber of Commerce and all sorts of stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. So, Sam, I want to cover this point because I, I think that we as, as professionals don't get taught this stuff and you keep, you keep uh, stating it like it's the lead nurturing service. I think that that is worth addressing because uh, it's so important. And I think at this point, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, what's the name of your company so that people can find you for God's sakes? They're probably salivating right now. <laughs> Yeah, no. So, so patient stream is the name of the company. And what, what, what's really interesting about here, here's, here's one little takeaway, whether you say, Hey, we, Sam, like obviously your team, by the way, my team is run by an ex office manager. Like she loves chiropractic. She loves it. She is more indoctrinated and has more belief in what our clients do than they do. And that extends throughout her entire team. In fact, on my YouTube channel, we have a video where it's just the audio and you can listen to them talking to leads. Okay. Because we, they, they work so hard. They do it so good. And here's one like very common practice. And I try and do it in a very tactful way. I try and say, you're expecting your front desk to do the job of what my trained professionals do 100% all the time, every day. They drill it. They talk. And by the way, they talk about patient outcomes. Why do you think that my team, a call center talks about patient outcomes? Because everything they do, everything they do, every person they talk to as a reflection of the clinics they're working with, it doesn't mean anything if you don't believe in what you're selling, right? And uh, Alex Ramosi has a really cool video that kind of inspired a lot of what we did on that, which was the scripting is only 90% or, or I'm sorry, is only 10%. The certainty and belief are the 90, right? And so it's, it's funny, we, we will drill scripting, you know, we, we do, but not nearly as much as we 
script and remind and talk about outcomes. Um, and not just clinic out, not outcomes like, oh, this clinic got 75 appointments. Not, not that. Like, hey, doctor, tell us about a patient that you helped. Hey, this person, you know, came in, low back pain, extremely like basically their quality of life terrible. This is what happened to them, right? I want the people who work for me to know that stuff, right? And I want that to be the foundation of everything they do. Because number one, calling on the phone and doing what they do is not a job that I want, right? And it's a job that when you hear how they do it, it's incredibly impressive, right? But the only way that they can operate at that level is by always talking about why they do it. And by the way, some of the people are jerks, you know, that just is, you know, with what I say, like, you know, when you fish with a net, sometimes you get a boot, you know what I mean? <clears throat> Their job isn't a glorious one, but they do it like professionals. And I actually, most people, I, I refer to them as a call center, mm-hmm. but I don't refer to them in person as call center people. I call them brand response marketers, right? Because their job is to build the brand and, re- and, and create response, Right. So yeah, nurturing and, and, and building a finding pool is we, it's really, you know, advanced with all the automations and stuff, but it still takes heart. It takes training. It takes consistency. And, uh, we are very fortunate at patient stream to have like the most kick-ass team there is like by far. I think it's great. And I'm, I'm, you know, there's nothing worse than hiring a company has a total disconnect from what you do, but they're, you know, like, oh yeah, blah, blah. And it's, we are all so specific or they, we've, we've trained a certain brand, a certain niche down on what patients we like to work with or what techniques we like to do. So I think it's great. One of the things uh, I'm familiar with this study and I'm, I think y- you are too, is the, the five minute response time on a lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? So I think most people listening don't quite grasp the the gravity of how imp- important it is to nurture these leads or when somebody raises their hand and says, man, I need knee decompression. I think that's interesting. I think it makes sense to people if I said, if that person raises their hand today and I wait a month until I call them and I only call them once, what's the likelihood that I'm going to get success with these leads? Like Pretty zero. much zero, right? Yeah. If I call in a week, it's still close to zero, but certainly better than a month, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I call in a day, you could see like, hey, if you raise your hand today and say, I want need decompression and I call you today, more likely. But Sam, for people listening, what does the research tell us is the magical window of when to call from when they raise their hand to the attempt at contact? So there's actually been two studies on this. Okay. Right? So, so MIT did a study on it. And then there was another one done by an insurance company. Mm-hmm. And so they're very close. But there's two are important. There's two numbers. Well, there's actually three numbers that are really important. Number one is if you can get a person within a minute of that call, okay, there's like a 700% increase in conversion than any, anything else. Okay. So let that sink in. <clears throat> you raise your hand right now, and within a one minute, you get a call. <clears throat> one minute. Right. Now, the reason I'm saying that is I think. I'm sure what, what will happen is uh, people will realize expecting your front desk staff to be able to call within one minute or even five minutes or 10 minutes with Mrs. Johnson swiping her credit card at the front desk and the next patient checking in and talking to 
Mr. Jones about the the FOA, the functional outcome assessment I need filled out, and you know, hey, I need to get a copy of the back of your insurance card. And you think that they can in real time respond to these leads? I think it's an awful lot to ask of that person up front. Yes, an awful lot to ask. Yeah, you so need what, to have a dedicated person. Yeah. Whether it's you hire me to do it, or you hire a person in your clinic. And by the way. I give away all of the education on how to do that. What my team does, it's free. I have it for free. I have the scripts. I have the role plays. I have all of it for free. I don't try and make money on that if somebody is trying to have that in their practice. Right. right? I want to I follow up real quick because there's two, other, there's two other data points that are really important on that. Okay. Number two is half of leads, half, never get a single follow-up. Okay. Never get one. Okay. And here's the real kicker. This You're one, saying those people have responded, but just nobody ever reached out to them. Nobody ever reached out to them. Here's the, here's the real kicker. 92% of sales are made after the ninth contact. Nine. So or how, what it, percent of sales? 92. So all, all nine of them, out of every all 10 of them. sales. Yeah, all yeah. of them are made after the yeah, ninth this is, contact. Yeah, and this is why this is why ha- having a pool, right? So there's the day one, day two. Like if you can, well, first of all, like in terms of just tactics, if you can automate that initial response and try and get them onto the booking bot right out of the gate, that can do some heavy lifting. It really can. Okay. But then if you have a team like mine and they're like, hey, because one minute is not very tenable for, I mean, as much as I'd love to say that my team does it in one minute, that's not tenable, right? Um, five minutes is, okay? But if we pair that up with consistency and volume over time, then we're going to pluck the people out right now that we're, that we're able to get in that five minutes and then over time with volume and consistency, right? So that's, that's the model. That's how you do it over time. Um, but yeah, and you I just mean, win people, because you're just getting that... The by the fourth week, you're getting the responses of the immediate leads, the ones that are in the seven, eight, nine of that week, the people that are in the nine, 10, 11, 12 of the of last Friday, right? The the leads that were not ripe, the fruit that was not ripe last week and the week before and this week, and all of that, a little a, a win here, a win there, a win there, all of a sudden becomes like a uh, what do you call that? Oh man, a flywheel. Like, yeah, but it's like when you start, you do exponential growth of a tiny number. So if you have point zero zero five, right? That sounds like oh, that's not even that's not even a penny, right? It's mm-hmm. half a penny. But if I just double it every day, right? I just square it every day. Sorry, not double it, square it every day. By the end of the month, you've got a significant amount of money, right? Right. Right. And that's how the leads are, right? Like one out of whatever you said, one out of. 10 will respond today. But if we stack the one out of tens on last week's one out of 15s on the two week last month's one out of a hundreds, we start winning a whole lot, a whole lot. Yeah. And, and also you start making up for weeks where your leads aren't as plentiful or maybe your campaign needs a rest or whatever, because yeah. I mean, it, it, everybody has fun with marketing math. The reality is, is this is real work, right? This is real business. And um, we've got a lot of really cool today that make it so much easier to do things. Um, 
but it's showing up every day. It's being consistent. It's doing the same thing every single day. And it's giving yourself enough time to get there. Like if you hire, now I, I totally understand the, the mindset of I'm hiring an agency. I'm going to give them whatever time frame it is, right? Like I'm going to give them 30 days to prove themselves. Well, do more homework and hire somebody that you can keep on for six months, right? If you're going to give somebody like 30 days, then you didn't do enough. Like you didn't get enough references. You didn't look at what they were doing. You didn't really vet them. Like, right. Like just plant your flag and say, man, I'm with you. I trust you. I have you vetted. I see. I mean, if you go to patient stream YouTube channel, I have over 200 videos, right? I have 200 videos. I've been doing workshops and webinars for years. So I either have a body of work that's worth something or I don't. And if I know this much about what I do, just shut up and go along with it. And instead <laughs> of like, Instead of like what, and this happens all, and I say this in one of my things, it, like if you're the kind of person that immediately defaults to, oh, this doesn't work. I'm going to throw this in the failure bucket. When you have the, when you don't understand a process, when, with lack of information, people make up their own. If you trust me or my team, don't make up your information, ask, right? And we do a good, I mean, my, my dude, my support staff, they're so good. That's one of the cool things about building an automation that runs all that runs all your ads is I stopped caring about running ads. I got a library of proven ads. I don't worry about ads. I worry about my support. Yeah. How good are my people with our people? And that's where we put all of our emphasis. That's a point that I hope people hear is like the ad itself is such a small key yeah. in this. What really matter, what I see really matters is nurturing the hell out of them. That's nurture, right. nurture, nurture. And then once they come in, not looking at it as, can I make a hundred bucks today or 50 bucks a day or whatever? So I always say like the gym, you know, average chiropractic visit or average chiropractic case is worth somewhere between a 700 and $1,500. You said $1,500. I see a lot of people pricing pretty low, but let's just say it's a thousand dollars, right? At the end of that, if I can sell them into the gym for 200 bucks a month, that's $2,400 in a year. And I didn't lose that $1,000 on the front. So instead of $1,000 value to that patient, it's $1,000 plus $2,400. So now it's $3,400, right? Now you're not going to get every patient to join the gym. But the ones you do make so much financial impact on your business that it's like, it's ridiculous. And, and if, if I could work with somebody like Sam and get more people who are more likely to join the gym, now I have jet fuel in the system. You know, now I have rocket fuel in the tank like, Hey, we can really make a huge difference here. Yeah. Right, well, man. listen, brother, I got to wrap this up right now, but I would love to have you back in a couple of weeks because I think that this cracked open and, and you're explaining things that nobody ever talks about, brother. And I feel bad. Like I have so many friends that have been burned with like the, oh, bring you a hundred leads to your office. And it's like, great, but it doesn't do anything for my business. In fact, it might detract from it, you know? Right. right. So, yeah, no, it doesn't mean much if you can just talk about leads. You have to talk about a process. So it is a process. Yep. And uh, and I think it's important to say, yeah. like, you got to pique that curiosity. Use the neuropathy, use the knee decompression, whatever it is. Yep. But just rattle their cage enough that they're like, oh, wow, that's different. I would come to a chiropractor for that. Right. 
you know, saying, hey, come to our office because we charge the same as everybody and we're better than the guy down the street just is not moving. <laughs> that's what you're saying. Isn't that funny though? That's what they're, yeah. that's what is being said in the mind of the consumer. Yeah. So yeah. that's a very good simplification and it's true. Yeah. All right, brother, we'll throw out your info one more time so people can get a hold of you. Yeah, just go to uh, mypatientstream.com. There's, you can set up a demo call. Uh, you can do all that kind of stuff. If you want to get free resources and learning stuff, uh, go to YouTube, search patient stream, and we've got over 200 video- videos. You know, the early ones are probably not as good as the later ones, <laughs> but uh, which is how everything goes. But, uh, you know, and if you have questions, you can email me at sam at mypatientstream.com. I love it. Sam, thanks so much for all this info today. It was great. I, I can't, I, I think we can get a bunch more offices that are really going to be healthy over the next year, man. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. And on behalf of Sam Carlson, this is Dr. Josh Saturday saying, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks a lot, Sam. Thank you. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. Got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients. 